You to write that all down. I wouldn't remember it all. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Glad to be here with you this morning. What's up, Joel? Well, we you know, we haven't recorded in a few few weeks and people have been know. talking. I uh, know. People have been asking well, one nice, person though. one person been asking where you've been. That's yeah. how it usually goes. Well, at least somebody missed us, right? <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Hey, uh, people been saying, who is people? People. Well, it's one person. Joe. So uh, the reason is I've been super busy is the main reason. You've been super busy too. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Which I don't usually pride myself in saying that, but I'd like to pride myself in saying I haven't been busy, but this last month was just crazy. So to all of you who are just distraught and offended that we have not been recording, I'm sorry. That's funny. I'm the same way. I don't like to say I've been busy. It always sounds like you don't have time for people. And anyway. I just we I, have been. I don't think, but now bu- we're not. I don't think busy is a a prize, it's not I, a virtue by any. No, means, I no. think the people that I value the most tend to have a lot of time on their hands because they've got their things in order. Yeah, so, yeah. anyways, so we've got lots of time now. We're doing nothing now, so that's why we're back talking to folks. Huh? Yes. Well, <laughs> it actually what I wanted to talk about today is something. Um, I'm working on a new book, and there's a chapter in it where I have this theory, and I think I'm right but I want to just get your feedback on it. I have this theory that you cannot love someone and truly love them, like agape-type, perfect God-type love, which, first of all, I don't even know if a human can do that in their lifetime. Maybe we get glimpses of it. Something to work on, yeah. But I have this theory that you cannot love someone until you don't need them. And uh, I think Jesus exemplified that. I think God exemplifies them. Until you truly don't need them, you cannot love someone. I think that happens human to human as well because, um, you know, if you need something from them, it's not pure love. So I want to talk today about this specifically, the idea that you cannot show compassion, love, whatever it is, if there's any guilt behind it. And I think that's where a lot of, I specifically think in our world today, everybody's like, you need to be compassionate, loving, and kind. And we go, yeah, I know I need to be that. Even even non-Christians at this point, the Christian ethos has become so part of our culture, the compassion thing, which is not natural. It used to be might make, makes right until yeah. for centuries. Yeah. And compassion, Christian ethos came along. Without that, we wouldn't even have this idea of compassion. But now people is like, well, your people have oppressed my people. It's a lot of these critical theories are based on you oppressed and therefore you owe virtue to me and and i th- I just don't think that you can truly love somebody if it's driven by guilt and i think the bible backs that up so this idea that well your guilt and man don't get me wrong guilt's a powerful motivator sure how many parents have felt guilty about not having time to give to their kids so they just kind of let them get yeah. away with stuff and well. or use guilt to motivate their kids it can work both ways there yeah It's a powerful motivator, yeah. Yeah, it is a powerful motivator, but I don't think you're truly loving someone if there's guilt behind it. So if I say I agree with that, that validates this chapter in your book and we move on, right? Yeah, we can can close in prayer. That's it, okay. Let's close in prayer. (laughs) We got it solved. Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, so, but I want to know, I mean, there's this powerful element of guilt drives us to, I mean, I think our guilt in many ways drives us to God. Yeah. But it can't, it's not what keeps us there. Yeah, uh, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the goodness of the Lord that draws us to repentance. We feel the guilt, but then once we come to Him, you know, again, they say the difference between Holy Spirit working in our hearts and lives and what the enemy's doing is He's coming to accuse and to build guilt, whereas the Lord is coming to convict. 
And it may feel pretty similar. You know, you feel shameful, you feel sorry, you feel whatever for your sin. But the one leads to repentance and the other one just leads to crushing feeling hopelessness, you know. And so uh, if I feel like there's hope in it, then that's that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to bring us to a point of repentance where there's hope in it. So in terms of people to people, where does the, I mean, I think that's part of these critical theories too, as they say, you need to repent by your actions and just saying you're sorry for what was done to us doesn't count. Um, but I mean, can you repent for something you haven't done? I don't, there's a whole book called The Sunflower by Elie Wiesel, I think it was, that basically is this idea. Can someone else repent for something they didn't do? Like, can you repent for the collective sins? And it's really tricky that way. Well, biblically you, you, you can, because you saw that, uh, you know, those who hadn't done it repented for the sins of their nation, repented for the sins of Israel. You know, we repent for the sins of our fathers. We repent for that. So you can do that. But then, you know, the whole thing is, I mean, if we're going back to love, basically, we don't really have much of a understanding of love anyway. And that love, you know, the typical pictures we have of love is, I love you because when I'm with you, I feel... Mm, when I'm, you fulfill me. You complete me. You yeah. complete the, me. That, that whole thing is yeah. problematic. And and all of that has to do with, I love you because of the way you make me feel. Mm. And so that's not what love is anyway. Love, love is an action. It's not a feeling. It is something we do. It's actually a verb, not an, not an adjective describing some kind of a feeling. It actually is a verb that if I love somebody, then I'm going to do something. So it's, it's I can, also a noun, but yeah, well, I suppose yeah, person, place, or thing. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> but the point is, it, in, in a biblical sense, it's an action, though. That's right. what I'm saying. I'm not talking in a grammatical sense. I'm talking about in a biblical sense, it is doing something. The most amazing picture of love, of course, is Jesus on the cross, right. which didn't feel good. It had nothing to do with how we made him feel. And, and going back to what you were saying, it had nothing to do with him needing us. Yeah, he didn't need us. He didn't. It's not like he wanted. Didn't want heaven without us. He was fine in heaven without us. Oops, sorry about that. So he sent heaven down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that is not why he came down because he somehow needed us. And so, yeah, true love isn't. It can't be expressed if it's a need. But um, the other side of that, what you're talking about with the uh, idea of somehow you owe me, is the idea that I'm innocent in this situation. You are the problem. I I had nothing to do with this, and man, you got to be you got to be very ignorant of history to feel like any of us are innocent. Yeah, in anything, where none of us are innocent. You know, say why why do bad things happen to good person people? Well, as far as I can tell, there was only one good person ever. And bad things happen. Really to bad things happen. Jesus, to yeah. yes, exactly. So let's take a micro level, macro level. You got okay. a parent who's feeling guilty, and you really want to love your kids. But you just can't get over this thing. Like I'm just not giving the time they need. I've, I've, I'm yelling at them sometimes when I shouldn't be yelling oh, at them. Yeah. Um, they need more love, but I just don't have a single mom. I think about that all the time. Oh yeah, single moms feel guilty all the time because they're just like, I just can't give everything. I'm trying to provide for the family and trying to nurture the family. And so, how do you? I guess first question is, I, I don't. Again, this maybe the cynical thing, but I don't know that we're per, able to ever in our lives give perfect love. It's always going to be tainted in some way. Oh yeah, of course. But how do you keep from guilt driving your love for your kids specifically or your spouse maybe? Yeah, or that's another one. A husband cheated on his wife trying to get things back together 
And so much of it is driven by guilt, which there's a definite repentance that needed to happen. But once sure. the repentance is done, I see relationships sometimes where they forever hold it over them and instead of releasing them from it. Yeah. Well, uh, th there's a there's a kind of a pixie dust that's got this magical power in it. And, uh, and it works on both sides. And one of them is confession. Mm. And I mean that even like to the parent, to the child, you know, not like a two-year-old's not gonna really understand it or something, but if you just feel like you're not giving enough time to your child, well, first of all, give them more time. What but, if you just don't have it? Yeah, but if you can't, you can at least let them know that this is my heart's desire. I, you know, I really wish I could spend more time with you, but this is why I can't. And you better have a really good reason. It's not just because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like to work extra hours or whatever, you know, but there are times, like you said, a single mom, man, I do not know how single moms do it. I just admire them as heroes, you know, uh, or single dad for that matter, you know, it, to raise a, a child by yourself is, it's amazing to be able to do that. But admitting the problem, and I mean admitting it to the, to the child even, because sometimes we feel like we have to put on this uh, facade of, I, you know, I, I never apologize to my kids because I want them to think I'm perfect. They know. I never show weakness. Yeah, they, yeah. Know you're, they know when you mess up. You may as well let them know that you know that you messed up. And so I think that's kind of a pixie dust on the one side. It just it works miracles to apologize when you, do, when you yell at your kids, you know, to just go to them and say, ah, you know, I'm really sorry. That, uh, that was out of control. I'm sorry. And then the other pixie dust that works the other way is forgiveness. You've got to forgive. And that is kind of a pixie dust you throw on yourself. It's kind of a magic you do to yourself to set yourself free. It doesn't really do, it, it, it's good for the other person, but it's kind of something you do more for yourself than for the other person. Forgiveness, releasing it, letting it go. And of course, I think of Ephesians 4 where it says, you know, we forgive, forgiving others. Why? Because God in Christ forgave us. So because I've been forgiven, you, you can't say, well, I can't forgive, it's too big. Because what we've done to the innocent son of God, mm -hmm. our sin against God, so far outweighs anything anybody's done to us. So you can forgive. It's hard. Yeah. Painful. So it's, it is, love is so, it's so complicated. I mean, every, you know, all we need is love. Yeah, but love is very complicated. Uh, I just think about too, uh, what's that verse where it says, each one of you should give what you've decided in your heart. I think it's in Timothy. Uh, or is it for, like, no, it's Corinthians? Like yeah, yeah Second Corinthians. Like I think each one of you have decided should give what you've decided in your heart <laughs> to give, not reluctantly <laughs> under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I don't think you can give cheerfully if it's under guilt. Uh, guilt is it, it's a I owe you something. Yeah, yeah, and I, guilt. Uh, yeah. So back to this idea of you can't love somebody. This is my theory in the book. I don't think you can love somebody until you don't, truly don't need them. Right. I now, agree. So where, how in the world could a human ever love someone else? Because we are in desperate need. Um, how can you love God if you don't need, I mean, it, it, like you need God. So it doesn't work, I don't think in the, up between us and God, but I think it works between other people. And the only way we can love somebody, another person without needing them is if we're getting our fulfillment of love from God, the source. So it's literally like we're a conduit of love. And that sounds so ethereal, but I think that's really the way it is. Like if you're a conduit of God's love, you're saying, I find all my fulfillment, everything I need, my security, my connection, back to my triangle I talk about all the time, the security, connection, empowerment, I find all that from God, then I can love you, not for you giving me any security, connection, empowerment, but just out of pure, that pure love for, 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 uh, 
for my brother. It's, I mean, it's what in that in that line, Second uh, Peter, it says, and add to your godliness brotherly affection, and then brotherly affection add love or agape. I think it's a sequence. Uh, what do you think on that? Well, I, I thought it was just occurring to me. So I I agree that if you're needing someone, then it's a self love. I'm I'm I've got to have this because it does something for me. But is it also possible that okay, so I come to a point where I am in love with someone, and so therefore I I but it's not because I need them; it's because I'm going to give to them. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to lay down my life for them. It's all about them. But then can I come to a point where I I need you not, it's a different type of need. There's a need where I need air, I can't live without air. But there's another need of I, I needs that we have, which we can live without, we can survive without, but right. we we desire, there's a desire for, there's a want for. I Like, I'm just thinking of your mom, you know, could I live without her? Yeah, but I, I want to create a need for her, a desire that I have for her, that I want to be with her. I want to uh, be in her presence. And, 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 and that's kind of the need we have for God. Can I live without God? Yeah, not eternally, but, but I want to create that hunger and that desire that I have to desire him more, to need him more. Does that make sense? Kind of, it, we probably uh, ought to have two different words. Yeah, for it. I don't, that's, that is tricky because. Then I mean, I don't think I don't word. think you can. I mean, in Him we live and move and have our being. I don't think you can live without. Now you don't realize you need God yeah, sometimes, yeah. but you cannot. But that's what I'm saying. To create it, there is. A, we probably need a separate word for it, and there probably is one out there somewhere. Yeah. But one's the need, like, oh, I'm, I just, I'm desperate for. I've got to have this. The other's the need, like, like I need God. I, I desire Him. I want to gr- increase in my need for Him. I want to increase my need for Him. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the difference in Second Peter, where he says, "Add to your godliness brotherly affection, which is Philadelphia love, is the word Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then add to your Philadelphia on agape." Maybe that's the difference. There's a love that you love your brother um, as best as you can. I yeah. mean, I think about that with like Elise. Like, I don't need her. She des- des- definitely needs me. Yeah, but I don't need her. But man, I sure. Yeah. Really get a lot out of loving her, and maybe that's the the brotherly affection versus agape love. Yeah, that maybe that's the distinction. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying is there's there's that I want to increase my need for God. Of course, ultimately I need Him. Ultimately, you know, you need Him yeah. totally. But in my own heart, to increase my passion, my own desire, my drive, my stir up that desire, stir up that hunger within for the Lord. Because I can let it sort of go dormant. Right. And, it, you know, it's still there. I still love God. Love you, Jesus, you know, type of thing. But to stir that up, I don't know how that fits into, <laughs> fits into well, your I, question. Well, my but. big question is, is, well, I guess my big question is, can we ever love perfectly as humans? And I think one of the first steps toward that is realizing if you ever need someone I mean, that's the challenge. It's it's so narcissistic. Sometimes our love can be so narcissistic. Exactly, it's yeah. what are you doing for me? Right. And that's fortunately that's not what God does. Every you know, again, right. you didn't want heaven without us. Eh, not quite. He's perfectly complete in the Trinity Himself, Father, yeah, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, we're just they enjoy, now. Do they enjoy our company? I'm guessing they do, or they wouldn't have created us. Sure, it's paid like, a big price for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think He did. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, that that's an interesting thought 
to think about. I, I don't have a, t- a bow to tie on anything, but <laughs> I, I have wondered why there was a difference between agape and brotherly affection. Why did he distinguish those? Why did Peter distinguish yeah. those? Because why didn't he just say, add to your godliness love? He dif- distinguishes two kinds of love, Philadelphia yeah. love and then that agape unconditional. And I guess the brotherly affection is more the give and take, give and take, give and take. The others, I just, you know, I mean, God gives, it's like the sun and the moon, you know, the moon has no light. It just reflects the light of the sun and God is the source of all love. We're to reflect it back to him and then reflect it to others as well. But he's the ultimate source of it. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.